report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, well, if actually, if you look outside, what you'll see is that the chaos seems to be rising as a result of Thrawn Ascendancy. Uh, that's my Ooh. horrible intro for what I'm very excited to talk about. Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising, the latest novel from Timothy Zahn. And, you uh, worked that in so well, Stephen. That was amazing. Tom, we need to have a discussion if you think that is a good way to work that in. But uh, I appreciate the thoughts. We'll, we'll do it another time. We have to discuss the actual book right now. Yeah. So, Tom, why don't you tell us, what is this book, Thrawn Ascendancy? I've ne- clearly never heard of it. Thrawn doesn't make sense to me. Really? Uh, Thrawn does not make sense to you? I mean, what? it was only written. I mean, he was only created by Timothy Zahn. And this is basically Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. It is the first of three books. With this one being the beginning, because you see, at beyond the edge of the galaxy lies an unknown region, chaotic, uncharted, and near impassable, with hidden secrets and dangers in equal measure. And nestled within its swirling chaos is the Ascendancy, home of the enigmatic Chiss and the nine ruling families that lead them. The peace of the Ascendancy, a beacon of calm and stability, hmm, Kind of sounds like the Republic is shattered after a daring attack on the Chiss capital that leaves no trace of the enemy. Baffled, the Ascendancy dispatches one of its brightest young military officers to root out the unseen assailants. A recruit born of no title but adopted into a powerful family of the myth is given the name Thrawn. Now, with the might of the expansionary force at his back and the aid of his comrade, Admiral Aralani, got it, answers begin to fall into place. But as Thrawn's first command probes deeper into the vast stretch of space, his people call the chaos, he realizes that the mission he was given is not what it seems. And the threat of the Ascendancy is only just the beginning. I don't know about you guys. I really enjoyed this book. I also love how like the little touches... Uh, uh, the book itself, like the blue pages. I, yep. I'm not a huge fan of the yes. border as you're reading, but like on sitting on a shelf, it's gorgeous. And like even the little, the little, um, the uh, the the back of the book, the back cover of the book says, "A long time ago, beyond a galaxy far, far away." Mm-hmm. And I just, I just loved going back into the the history of of the ascendancy and uh, and and really learning more about this Chiss Empire. We've gotten it here and there in the other Star Wars books, uh, but I feel like this is our first really great glimpse of, of how it all worked. So this may, this may be one of my favorite Star Wars books I've ever read, and I'm including previous legends in there. And William, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to wax poetic a little bit on your point because it was such a big piece of why I love this book so much. Um, the first, I mean, this is going to sound slightly weird, but like the first Star Wars novel I read was the Thrawn trilogy, not because it had just come out. Like it came out around the time I was born. Not to make you feel old, Tom. Sorry. Uh, thank you, Steven. You're welcome. It's what I'm here for. Yeah. Not a but, problem. uh, my mom had the Thrawn trilogy and she also had the Thrawn duology. And so those, 
always had a special place for me. And one of the things I always loved, especially in the Thrawn duology, is there's so many little hints and things about what's going on in the Ascendancy that you never quite figure out what's going on, what the makeup of it is. Um, there are allusions to, like, threats that the Chiss are fighting that, you know, the rest of the galaxy isn't aware of. Uh, the New Jedi Order trilogy and the, what is, I'm blanking, the Joiner trilogy kind of deal with a little bit of, like, insight into what the chiss are doing mm -hmm. uh but you never get a, like it's all still very much an outsider's perspective i would say and so i've i've waited basically my entire star wars career if you will for the book that is just through and through just a chiss ascendancy novel mm -hmm. um and all the glances we've got actually the other one which is a great example of survivor's quest showing this kind of like uh Oh, sorry, I'm going way back. Survivor's Quest deals with the, you know, finding the outbound flight crash. And there's a lot of Thrawn trickery, I would say, within it, even though Thrawn's not in the novel, where the Chiss are very sneaky. They're trying to figure out who their enemy is, but they're not sure. They're trying to deal with this, like, thing where they don't ever, they're never the aggressor. They only respond to threats. And that, mm -hmm. how do they get around that when you know there's something out there, which this book also deals with. Uh, but this book was just, it was everything. I've wanted to see about the Chiss Ascendancy for so long, mm -hmm. like getting into, Hey, we've, we've heard about these ruling families before. What is, what are the politics of the Chiss look like? What is it like when you're in the Chiss Ascendancy and you're growing up there? What is the environment? Like, how does this non-aggression kind of principle get addressed? And I'm realizing I'm talking a really long time now, but like that to me, this book answered all of those questions and more. And I loved it for it. And the, the one thing I want to bring up about the book, the actual book itself, what I liked about it is not only the blue pages, but when there was a flashback, when you got to that section, the blue pages were just that little bit different to tell you that it was a different part of the story. Now, I listened to the audio book. I wasn't so much the actual reading of the book, which I appreciated the audio book. The, the narrator did a great job. But there was always a thing to where I appreciated when they said memories, but I think it would have been a little bit easier to read the book and you would have known that once he got into the memories part and everything started working with the story, you kind of lost the idea that you were still in like a flashback or a memory of what Thrawn or whatever was going through in the ascendancy happened before. Whereas the pages were the clear delineation by how they were actually laid out. Um, I probably will go back and read the book again or read the book the first time. Uh, the audiobook, I would definitely recommend because um, you do get a lot of what I appreciate. You get the narration, but you also get the actual um, actor giving more character to what you're reading, even though it's his interpretation and what your interpretation by reading a book will definitely be different. But it still brings across everything that you'll probably read in the book. And I think what I really love about it, this is Timothy Zahn's universe and nobody can write Thrawn other than Timothy's on. Yeah. Or, okay, okay, then the guys in Star Wars Rebels who wrote the character there, but they only used Thrawn and not the whole backstory of the Chiss yeah. Empire. And the best thing about this is it seemed like they let Timothy Zahn just go wild and create this whole Chiss universe that I am really looking forward to the next two books in the series to read more about the Ascendancy, how the politics work, how Thrawn gets himself out of a lot of stuff because he gets himself in, but you know once he gets into something... He's definitely turned it into his favor when you just know he's got his back against the wall. But somehow that just turned something in his favor and Thrawn knew it was coming. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So this is uh, this is what the third book that 
uh, Zahn has written about Thrawn and the new canon at this point? I think it's the fourth, right? Is it the fourth? I, you're right. Sorry, it yeah. is the fourth. I always we had, forget. We had Thrawn, Thrawn Alliance, and then Thrawn Treason. Uh, yeah, right. And now and, uh, Ascendancy. Yeah. And so oddly, this play, this book takes. Is it around? Oh, now I'm forgetting. It's uh, is it Alliances? I believe it takes place yes. around. Yeah. Or Which, kind of, because obviously Alliances has a past component with Anakin Skywalker and a future component with Darth Vader. Yeah. Right. Um, and I hadn't read Alliances in forever. I just remembered the vaguest pieces of it. And there's a part of, obviously, Ascendancy. Uh, I guess, spoiler warning, even though we're maybe a little past that point. Um, but there's just, I really appreciate that part where you know, I was like, oh, this is literally where alliances fits in yep. told from a slightly different perspective and told in the, over like one chapter instead of you know yep. the entire that's, book that is that's what i love and, and you know as you said yeah the, the books do overlap somewhat um uh, ascendancy is set chaos ascendancy, ascendancy chaos rising is set you know uh, fairly fairly um far in the past right because this is a it's a it's a young thrawn we're actually finally learning mm-hmm. thrawn's origin story and we don't and, and kind of how he becomes who he is how he is how he is found and mentored and groomed in the ascendancy. And we should, we should talk all about all that stuff. Um, you know, but, but in, in typical, um, f- uh, fashion as they do, as you know, Zon has done in the Thrawn books, there's a lot of flashbacks. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you flash back to, uh, you know, you flash back to, to learn more about the, you know, the backstory, how they, how people became the way they did that sort of thing. Um, but in the main th- thread of of the storyline uh thrawn ends up uh meeting with anakin skywalker um who in in a as you said a um uh you get to see the exact same scene as in thrawn alliances but from thrawn's perspective instead of anakin's and in that book it's the flashback and so that's kind of where they where they overlap is the flashback and alliances overlaps the main the main storyline in Ascendancy Chaos Rising. But I loved that. And I loved all the little details in this book. You know, um, it, it, to your point, Stephen, this is one of my favorite Star Wars books, you know, in in, in quite some some time. Uh, you know, it, it was, it felt alien and different, but, but also familiar. And I think part of the problem with a lot of Star Wars books and sci-fi books in general that try to go too far into the, uh, the unknown uh, area not the other region specifically, but just the unknown and the, the the unfamiliar, the more alien side of things, is that they can often become, um, uh, they can often kind of be bogged down by too much terminology and too unfamiliar. Things are now sounding too unfamiliar, too strange, and mm-hmm. you're you're spending the whole time just trying to understand what the author is talking about and what's going on in the world. Uh, um, uh, Greg Bear's Halo books are an example of this, where. You know, I think they go back way too far. Everything's so different that you just you're just kind of wading through it, confused. Um, but I think Zon does an amazing job of making things feel alien and and uh, different, but also very mm-hmm. familiar and mm-hmm. very readable and approachable. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the the things he handles best about this book, and and, right. and manages to give us another origin story. Because in many ways, the last Thrawn book was Thrawn's origin story, at least in the Empire. Um, but now we get his origin story with the Chiss before he gets found by the Empire. And that's what I appreciate. I really appreciated about this because now you do get the two origin stories of how, yes, he ended up in the Empire. But now, now it's trying to figure out because I really don't think it was in the book. Why was 
he basically a nobody that was picked to go into this part of the the ascendancy fam one of the families why was he picked cuz it seems like that is that is a question that i think came up sporadically throughout the book because a lot of the other families were frustrated by this that this nobody is basically running circles around them we should talk let's talk more about the the chess um political uh, uh, structure and the, the family system though because I think that's that's you know a, a key component that I actually really enjoyed in this book is getting to mm-hmm. learn how all this works how their crazy names work uh, which came with some fun twists too where I, that that moment when almost and I realized because you, you you in um, the, the chess have these very long names like you know Mithran Rodo right and then they take their core name and that becomes like Thrawn and there was this great moment where all of a sudden I realized this character named, uh, you know, uh, Aziri Arlani. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's Admiral Arlani. That's Admiral mm-hmm. Arlani. Um, and, you know, it's like the Aziri was, was dropped. And why was, why was the first part of her name dropped? Um, and you actually realize that there's another character named Ziara in flashbacks. And they're the same character. Like, it's just, it's really cool to learn more about the Chiss uh, uh, the just families, but at a, at a high level, there's there's like nine ruling families, and then there's different like ranks within the family. So you can be um, you can be like a blood a relative, you could be a cousin, a ranking distant, a trial born, and a mer- or a merit adoptive. And a merit adoptive means you're not part of the family at all, but we'll kind of bring you in, maybe give mm-hmm. you like an opportunity to prove yourself. And then you know if you do, uh, if, if I may, William, yeah, um, please. merit adoptive is basically. We'll be watching your career with great interest. <laughs> yes. 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 And Which is how Thrawn starts that, out. And that's the thing I'm looking forward to getting further into the book. Yeah. Is is th- th- there's something in the book that I really appreciated. We're going to touch on this later that happened on a character's quest to become part of the Thrawn family and the the ruling person. That whole thing, I just love that because that one person is basically overseeing what's going on and is watching everything with great interest, but they're after him. Yeah, yeah, the the political dynamics are... And this will this will sound weird, but like it reminds me of some some of the politicking we saw in some of the legends novels, mm-hmm. um, as particularly in like the New Republic Senate, where you've got these different families that are uh, the families are all kind of jockeying for position and power against each other. There's kind of that's why Thrawn is brought into the uh, the myth families because they think mm-hmm. he might have potential to help kind of raise their stakes in the future. But at the same time, even within the families, not everyone's aligned on the right direction to take and things like that. And there's that, Mm -hmm. all that nuance is super cool to see play Mm -hmm. out. And it's, we kind of get to see it both from Thrawn's perspective. Um, And we'll talk about this more in a moment, but like Thrawn is very much in, especially in this novel, he's unaware of the politics happening around him. As usual, Um, he's clueless. uh, Which I take a little bit of issue with, but we'll come back to that. Okay, 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 but wait a minute. Is he really, or is it just, I mean, that's the thing. Is he really unaware or is he just like, he knows it's there, but he doesn't care. Okay. So let's talk about it now then. Okay. So Go my, ahead. I think my biggest issue with the novel is 
Thrawn has always been kind of portrayed as the all-knowing kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally don't mind. We've seen that he he has flaws. We saw them in Rebels. We've seen them in these novels. We've seen them in, uh, why am I blanking? Oh, the original novels as well. Um, I'm not a huge fan, though, that like, especially in this novel, Thrawn's only real flaw that comes across is this kind of like inability to apply his tactical thinking to the uh, kind of political arena around him. And there's, I think you're right, Tom, there's a little bit of back and forth of like, does he actually not understand or is he faking it? Um, In my read, because it's brought up multiple times through the books, is Thrawn really is missing that. Mm -hmm. He really is missing it. Yeah. Um, And it's not clear to me why, uh, because it's not always that subtle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, there is an argument to be made that, in many ways, like, you know, he's such a great, brilliant tactician, and that a lot of that is politics, you know, but I guess that's more of the military strategy side of things than the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the p- political maneuvering. I guess he just doesn't, he, he for whatever reason, he's just, he's he's blind to it, he doesn't, he doesn't see that, um, the, those maneuvering, the, and the, the I, and, you I, know, I, I, I don't actually don't mind. exact language, yeah. uh, but they talk about it as almost like, um, he is unable to apply like his ability to understand tactical motivations in combat to the mm-hmm. political arena. He doesn't mm-hmm. understand why people do the things they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, just, I, I wish Thrawn was a little bit more nuanced in this case. Um, and I actually, to some degree, I wish Thrawn was slightly less of a tactical genius throughout this novel as well. <laughs> uh, so I, just go ahead. I, was gonna, I, I would like to see him grow into that and enhance that skill versus he very much comes across as kind of like child prodigy where right. like when he was, when he's, uh, you know, adopted by the myth, he already seems to be an A plus strategist. And it's really just about the opportunity to extent to demonstrate that versus mm-hmm. it actually, you know, being a task uh, that's grown or something. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that was my, that's probably my one complaint about the novel. Is it like, it's, I think Thrawn could be told with a little bit more nuance, um, but I don't but, think it detracts from the book. Like, if you enjoy seeing Thrawn work through puzzles, I think the novel does a great job of demonstrating all of that. But why don't you flip it this way? Why don't you flip it as, okay, he's the great tactician. We knew that going into it. Maybe that's why in this book we're going to see him start understanding the political aspect and, and slowly grow into that, because the, the character um, Scylla... So the the former Skywalker that he ended up getting basically attached to, who ended up being kind of like um, what's what was his Thales? from the Empire, um, his second in command from the Empire who ended up oh um, uh, Eli Vanto yeah okay right? to me she was like the Vanto to him in in this he's kind of bringing her along thinking tactically mm-hmm. i think i've got it correct not the younger girl who is the skywalker yeah, Thali, not, the not there's a sh- uh, uh, sherry well, and Thalius, right yep. okay yeah I'm, I'm talking that the, the first one that lost her skywalking ability yeah Thalius. I, I was reading that character as the one that's that's got the political maneuvering because th- there is something about that character that is playing a political something going on and she even gets called out for it a couple times from the family and from a secondary family. So she's the one that could be basically doing the bringing Thrawn along the political tactfulness because in reverse, he's doing it to her. 
he's doing the Vanto to her and also the other sky the, the actual younger Skywalker um you know he he's kind of that's how I read the book which I love that yeah I really appreciated the the cast of characters we got here I think that was something that was maybe lacking a little bit from some of the previous mm-hmm. Thrawn novels like Eli mm-hmm. Vanto I thought was a really uh, a good character but we didn't I always wanted to see more of him and actually but, the pre was a treason um, hinted at Admiral Aralani, and I thought she was also interesting, but we didn't get a lot uh, mm-hmm. to understand kind of her perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved her character. Aralani, Cherry, yeah, uh, I can't remember. What was the other one's name? Thalias? I think it was the, Cherry. The, no, the, 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 the little Skywalker? That no, was, I yeah. think the, the older woman. Thalias. Who used to be a, Thalias, thank you. Yeah. Like, they were just all just super interesting characters that all kind of are, I'd say, filling out the uh what do you call it like uh the cast like it rounded out the cast yeah um we had good villains we had you know well and and even some like some some characters that were not they kind of were a villain and kind of not you know like um for example like you know thurfian and samarco of the the myth and ufsa uh, uh ruling families they were they're like on they're completely different families but they were working together mm-hmm. to try to maneuver thron out even though he was in um uh Th- you know Thurfian's own family it's super uh very very interesting very mm-hmm. interesting dynamics yeah yeah it, and and you mentioned something about when it came to like you know a a villain you definitely had a clear mm-hmm. villain in the novel and that's the 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 pirate guy, whoever that actually General attacked. Eve, yeah, benevolent. That was that whole thing was the definite quote unquote villain. But then it came to on the the uh, ascendancy side, you're kind of looking at it going. They, they they're kind of you wouldn't call them quote unquote villains, but it's more of the political maneuvering aspect to where you get this feeling that going forward, who's to say that political aspect that they could be backstabbing. Mm-hmm. Who knows what kind of backstabbing is going to start going forward between the people who don't like Thrawn at some point, maybe they would turn on whatever they're trying to do to turn on Thrawn. I mean, this was such a really interesting book when it comes to all those aspects. Yeah. I, I, of all the characters, I think generally Eve, the benevolent was probably my least favorite. Um, you know, he, he felt just more like your standard pirate captain in in many ways. But toward um, the end of the book, you got a feeling that he wasn't the quote unquote main villain. That's true. Of the story. Yeah. Well, there's yes, there's the additional tease at the end. Right. I, I thought he was acceptable for yeah, kind of yeah. the role he was playing in the novel. But he's not the he's not the um, he, he's kind of more like there. He's ne- he wasn't intended. His character isn't intended to be the main bad guy. Um, right. And so I think it works from that standpoint. Yeah, it, it worked because I loved how the tactical aspect of Thrawn, whenever he went to defeat him, because he basically defeated the guy. Tw- when the guy thought he was going to be using this one tactic, and then when Thrawn goes up against him again, went the exact same way, thinking he was going to use the exact same tactic, but Thrawn pulls, you know, the the left curve on him and does something completely different, thinking that it's set up the same way. I mean, it it was a good foil. But it just, to me, that's the one thing I loved about Thrawn is he's setting everything up, but then there's that one 
different take than before in his tactical genius that throws everybody else off. Yeah. I just enjoyed I, seeing Thrawn's tactics in general. Yes. Like it's always, it's always just fun to read, you know, uh, to read the, to read the, the, you know, read page after page and try to figure out what the heck is Thrawn doing? What is he planning? And then mm-hmm. it all comes together. Like, Oh my gosh, of course that, that makes complete sense. Um, yep. and Timothy Zahn writes the battles really well. He, and, and the intrigue in it, it just makes you, it really is a page turner. I, you know, I, I found myself wanting to keep reading to find out what would happen next. Um, yeah. uh, it just, it, that's just a testament to the way Thrawn, uh, Zahn, uh, writes, uh, Thrawn and the other characters in the book. And that, that's, I gotta say one thing I'm very happy about when it came to this new era of Star Wars storytelling. I'm very happy they brought him back to write this character. Again, like I said, nobody can write this character but him. Uh, I wouldn't say nobody, but I well, I agree he does it very, very well. Okay, but who who else? Right now, Stephen, who else would you think could write the character the way that he's doing right now? That's as an author at this point. Do you think Claudia Gray uh, could do it? Probably, actually. I really like Claudia Gray's work as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I know actually, I would love to see other people's takes on Thrawn as well. Uh, I don't know, maybe in like uh, an animated, not animated, sorry, in a, maybe a live action television show that's airing in about a week. That would be cool to see. Just that. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, anyway, like I. Obviously, Zahn does a fantastic job of writing him and just the novel. I don't know, especially because I feel like the previous three Thrawn novels were all like, well, we're going to introduce the character. Well, we're going to, people really liked it. Let's see if we can fit in another story. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, Treason is like, okay, Thrawn was on Lothal on day one, and by day six, he was on Coruscant. What story can we tell in these five days? Yep, yep. Um, I, I actually, that's, I really appreciate coming back to this point because it really, I think it helps a lot to give it the, the story time to breathe. Like we get to see the types of threats that are facing the Chiss ascendancy and how they're trying to figure out how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. best thing about it is not only how they're trying to deal with it, but also going against their code of, they don't want to attack first. And that's the thing I appreciated about when it came to Thrawn in his tactical respect, they, for, for a couple of the battles, they didn't have to attack first. he, Okay, let's say baited them a couple times. Yeah, he 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 walked he, right up to that line. <laughs> yeah, he walked up to the line, which was, but how he walked up to that line was just amazing because you're sitting there going, nah, and then he always had a way to talk himself out of it, saying, "Hey, I didn't do it. I I did. Look, all we did, all we did. Now I can't remember the 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 species name, but it's like all we did was go to this planet, scan." all the ships that are around the planet and fed that information to the actual inhabitants of the planet saying, look, take a look at these ship pat- this ship pattern here. That's a blockade of your planet. And they're like, oh my God, it is a blockade of the planet. Hey, look, we're here to help you because you're blockaded. There's, I really appreciate it. And I, uh, the, is it the patriarch? I believe was his name. The kind of head of the, the myth family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his that's convers- what I was, I was kind of hinting about earlier. Yeah, his conversation with Thalius was just a really cool chapter, and I thought a great payoff to Thalius's kind of journey throughout the novel as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I really appreciated this kind of like, you know what? Here's the deal. Thrawn is either going to save the entire Ascendancy or he's going to destroy it all. Yeah. So I don't know which. I just know that it's really important that we give him a chance, basically, which is the opposite of what Thurpian in, uh, is attempting is mm-hmm. Thrawn is too dangerous. We can't. Sure, he might succeed, but I'm much more worried about him failing. Mm-hmm. I just, I love this battle against stagnation that we're seeing out of, uh, I don't know, out of the chess, yeah. trying to figure out what that looks like. Well, yeah. and a great example of that is kind of the reveal that uh, is it. I've never sure how to pronounce it. Is it I've always pronounced it like Scylla. I think or I, Scylla? that's how I pronounce it. How did the book pronounce it, Tom? I'm sure you I the audiobook. Yeah, I'm trying Scylla? to remember. I offhand, it's been a while since I I listened to the audiobook. I can't remember. Okay. All I know is that it was Cheery was the younger. Skywalker. Yeah. That yeah. And, and that's uh, why it's like I I and Yeah. But you the, know the the one that's in charge of her was the former Skywalker that and and, and I'm very bad at names Thalias, on this. Yeah. Because it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but I think Stephen, the, the point you're bringing up is is a is a really good one though. And I think that was one of the one of the biggest jaw droppers for me reading mm-hmm. reading the novel was that reveal that Scylla is like it's pretty much abandoned. There's nobody there. <laughs> it just, it's so chist to me that they maintain the capital there and an entire city purely as misdirection for people who think it's a, a juicy target to go after. Right. Like they have yeah. like automated, like uh, automated vehicles, like speeders flying everywhere to mm-hmm. make it look like there's road traffic and just enough people to make it look real, but the, you know, but they also kind of live underground a little bit. So that kind of explains why there's not as many people out there. And, um, I loved it. It's, it's such a great reveal. It's something that, you know, we've always heard about Scylla. We've heard about the, the Chiss ascendancy and we're like, Oh my gosh, it's gotta be this big capital. Nope. There's nobody there. It's all, it's all a game. Uh, because the, the planet was, yeah, I think that it was the infighting and stuff. They kind of like destroyed themselves in many ways. And now the families hide in these giant underground caves, mostly mm-hmm. off planet. Oh, uh, William, you're reminding me. And this is actually the thing that like, as I was reading, I, no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast. I was the last one to finish this book. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not a surprise. Um, but uh, one of the few things where I think I actually like in the middle of reading it, like messaged William about, cause it, it blew my mind is I believe it's part of this kind of discussion where we're learning about uh, Scylla, where they talk about that the last time Scylla was really a true capital and fully populated was during the time when the Chiss were allied with the Sith empire, which for anyone who's played star Wars, the old Republic is that, I mean, that's just star Wars, the old Republic, (laughs) um, the MMO. And my recollection was that the old Republic was not canon which I took to mean that the entire kind of old Republic versus Sith empire with Revan and the rest was mm-hmm. not a thing, but this would seem it to seems, imply yeah. otherwise. I mean, they've kind of hinted at Revan and stuff. Um, well, they, they've but, hinted yeah. at Revan for a while. I mean, they yeah. have the action figure, they put him into one of the, the games. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, they, they, they've hinted at him, but I don't think he's ever been explicit. I don't know. They were planning to put him into, uh, um, into rebels but i think they picked bane instead right yeah, yeah. bane was in there uh so i anyway in any case it's a great i moment, thought that though. was a just a really cool callback and also i i wonder if that's a hint of more to come 
perhaps maybe kind of tying into the, I was going to say the old Republic, but was it the High Republic era, potentially? Mm-hmm. If maybe there yeah. will see more references in there. Yeah, it should be coming out well, very soon. High Republic, I think, is coming out uh, end of the year. Yeah, January. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like those kind of reveals, I think, are just so, so awesome. And then getting to see, you know, we were talking about um, about Thalia's journey, right? Because she starts as a as a former Skywalker. And for those, I think everyone who's listening to the podcast knows, but Skywalkers are these, these young children who, uh, mainly female. You yes, have to say they're yes, mainly female. Thank you. Yeah. And, yes. uh, I forgot that. Yeah. And, um, mainly these, these young girls, right. Who have this ability to help them navigate through hyperspace effectively. Um, but actually, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to be nerdy again for yeah. a moment. Go one ahead. of the this sorry now I feel really bad boy. I no apologize. no please do please do. No, is, no, go ahead go do one it. of the things that always made nerd um, out. <laughs> why, I want to call it the expansion region that's not right the unknown regions really interesting even in old legends is it was kind of always implied to be this kind of part of space where hyperspace was kind of tangled and mixed up which made it really hard to navigate. And again one of the things Zon does really well is he demonstrates a how this is impacted so much of this part of the galaxy mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of races they rely on the kind of i the i want to call it the pathfinders guild yep. i don't yep. remember the, uh, I, that, that's close enough where like the idea is like hey yeah these are people who it's kind of implied they're force sensitive to some degree who help ships navigate because hyperspace is so twisted and tangled and it the chis consider it kind of one of their biggest uh defenses is that you know hey no one's going to be really be able to get to us in force because it's so hard to navigate through this region and so i just i love the world building of yeah. understanding how this is different from the rest of the galaxy hyperspace isn't something that's reliable right um alliances are a lot more tenuous as a result because contact is a lot harder with other species because mm-hmm. um, you can't get to other systems and and that's why like you know the chiss they're they're very uh they love to be they prefer to be isolated they don't like to have contact very as much with that much with with others uh, even though there's there's other you know systems near ish by, uh, they have to use these these pathfinders and and I also enjoyed the fact that because you know we got we they were they introduced the concept of these skywalkers uh, again you know I'm sure it's a <laughs> uh, I believe I saw an interview where Thrawn was talking about how this was a originally a, like a throwaway joke in mm-hmm. um, in alliances uh, sorry, uh, yeah in alliances where you know. Thrawn's like, yeah, I have the Skywalker, and he meets Anakin Skywalker, and oh, look at that! Um, but like, you know, also, he had to build sorry, it out just, in this. Uh, I really appreciated when we get to the part where um, Thrawn meets Anakin in this novel. I like where he, you get to see a little bit of his side of like, oh wow, his name is Anakin Skywalker, exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, that's what a coincidence! What a coincidence. That's right. So weird. Yeah, um, but you know, they so we they have these Skywalkers and. But you know they're 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 top secret. Nobody knows about the Skywalkers. It's one of the the Ascendancy's greatest secrets. That and Scylla, uh, uh, because they consider that their their secret weapon. Whereas everyone else in the region needs to hire a Pathfinder in order to get anywhere. And as we see in the book, the Pathfinders are not always trustworthy. Nope. Um, uh, in the case of uh, Kalori the of Undulan, uh, who is uh, very much. Um, uh, in the pocket of General Eve, uh, and, and and so you know the the fact that they have these non Pathfinders, these these Skywalkers that can lead them, is so fascinating to me. And just the relationship with 
of how the how the Skywalkers are treated, how they how they struggle with their um, life after being a Pathfinder, and, and and the responsibilities of these young girls having to, you know, having the pressure of having to to, to lead to, to safely uh, get these ships from place to place. Uh, mm-hmm. And fighting all these battles, and and how they're kind of part of the sh- crew, but not, and they get, they're taken care of by these these um, what do they call them? Uh, mothers or mentor? You know these 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 almost like caretakers. Yeah, it's almost yeah, yeah caretakers like who don't understand what they're going through. And so the pairing of Thalius, who is a former Skywalker, and we we throughout the book we see her start to deal with what do I do next? My whole my whole point of being is 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 over because you know eventually they lose their ability to to skywalk and how she's able to kind of help Shiri and and kind of find her own place and become a a merit adoptive and then eventually reach the status of trialborn and it's it's a mm-hmm. really really great aspect of the book. Well, the one thing that caught me off guard, and if I remember correct, when Thalius was trying to sit there and figure out what her life was going to be, wasn't it? I correct in thinking that it was our Ar- Arlani that was a former Skywalker because here you have Thalia sitting there saying, what am I going to do? I have no idea. And then I think toward the end of the book, it came out that that was the case when it came to Arlani. I'm like, really? Whoa. Was am I, am I right with that? One I don't remember that. On. Yeah. I don't remember that hang at on. all, but like that. Hang yeah. on. Anyway, so Tom, while, you, because it, while you're looking that up, uh, well, I want to just, Again, emphasize. So I've been reading. Um, there's a great series by a guy named uh, Seamus Young, who I've been reading his like retrospective series on Mass Effect. Um, and one of the things he talks about a lot is the difference between what he calls a detail first uh, story and a drama first story, um, particularly how it relates to science fiction. And basically, the difference is often going to be like in drama first, the important thing is what is the immediate story we're trying to tell mm-hmm. and how do we make it. Uh, action-filled, adventurous, and so on. Um, and it, it, it's not a one way is better than the other. It's just a different approach to building universe. Details first, as I'd say, exactly what Thrawn has done here. We have a region of space that's really hard to navigate. The people who are, are able to navigate are people who are Force-sensitive because that allows them to do this back and forth. The, as a result, you have things like the Pathfires in Dyrs Guild that get created. You have things like the Skywalkers in the Chiss Ascendancy. The Skywalkers are chi- uh, young female Chiss children generally who are able to do it. What does it look like when a a young child is part of a military complement? What is that experience like? What happens when these people lose their ability to sense? These are all like, uh, they all fit together Mm -hmm. and tell this like cohesive detail, rich version of like, this is what the Chiss ascendancy is like. And it's, it's one of the things I just love about this novel. So well, not only does it, give you all of these details, but it also explains like, hey, yeah, Thalys is an example of someone who, she was a Skywalker. She obviously lost her ability. She struggles to figure out what do you do with your life, which is, I think, something that a lot of people feel in real life, just obviously because they're not, I mean, they're not Skywalkers, but you know what I mean. Uh, and I, I really, really appreciate how much all these details kind of meld mm-hmm. together into this really cool story. Like it just all fits together and makes you feel like, yeah, this feels like a fully realized corner of the universe. I gotta go to Wikipedia. I know I read that somewhere. Sorry, I'm looking for it. And I can't. <laughs> no worries. No, no I was problem. trying to cover for you as long as I could. Um, no, 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 no I, go I, ahead. Go ahead. I, keep covering because I swear I need to find this. I couldn't agree more, Steve. It's. It, I think 
Zahn does an amazing job fitting all these pieces together. And and sure, you know, the overall plot is not like, you know, galaxy changing. You're not, you're not, you know, they're not trying to fend off, uh, you know, an empire or destroy a death star or something like that. But it's, it's, so it's a more smaller focused plot. Um, but this type of story works so well because everything just makes sense. And, and it's really interesting to, to learn about this, this corner of the galaxy and, 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 you know, I, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. We get to see what it's like to be a, to go through the trials and become a trial born and, and, and how, you know, what, how Thalias ends up meeting, um, you know, general, uh, I'm oh, sorry, the, 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 the patriarch, we, we see that, you know, how Thrawn is kind of mentored along the way by general Bakif and, and Aralani. And they're kind of the ones who are shielding him and protecting him from all of the politics. Even when he is, you know, uh, doing things that, uh, anger where? the other, where, where, where? the other myth, uh, yep. and, and the other ruling families. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a, a fun story. Uh, and I, I just, I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I know I read it. I know I read it. This is driving me nuts. <laughs> because um, it said Arlani became temporary caretaker of Cheery when Momish, basically the, the yeah, people the who care. Yeah, yeah. They're the Momish. That's what, yeah, that's, uh, uh Cheery's name for the caretakers, uh, is, is right. the Momish, yeah. I know I I heard that. I know I heard that. (laughs) I know I heard it. I'm going to jump. You guys continue talking. I'm going to jump us to the end. Uh, Go ahead. So at the end of the novel, it's, uh, and I, what was the name of the the Pathfinder, the kind of evil Pathfinder? Kalori. Kalori. Yeah, that's right. So at the end of the novel, obviously, we, so Kalori has been helping out uh, general, whatever the brave, magnificent, benevolent, whatever his name was. Um, nobody gets the, nobody is nobody who is has you know the benevolent in their name is actually benevolent but uh yeah that's uh generally true for history i think <laughs> yeah. as well but yeah. um anyway so we well, we find out obviously at the end is kalori returns and i don't even remember the guy's name it's something like we basically get like if this were a marvel movie this is the scene that happens after the credits and i found it kind of humorous to see it in book form because it's I'd say it's maybe a little much even in book form, but Kalori <laughs> returns and finds the evil mastermind who had been pushing Yiv the benevolent and is like, ah, yes, now my plan can truly begin, which was about the equivalent of like Thanos at the end of the Avengers, like turning and looking at the camera and winking. Uh, yeah. I guess he was said, called, was it, I, that was Jixtus, right? Yeah. Jixtus. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. and just who is this person? You may call me <laughs> Jixtus. And then like, it's just the moment you're supposed to be like, if this were, again, if it were a Marvel movie, you'd be like, oh my god, it's Jixtus, of course! But here we're just like, oh, who's Jixtus? Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, but I just, this is something we saw in, I, I think it was in Survivor's Quest, actually, mm-hmm. where this, the Chiss, the Chiss are obviously plan in depth, they have trickery involved, and they're, whoever the Jixtus is, is approaching in the same way. Um, maybe Chiss, maybe not, I don't know. But this kind of approach of, hey, we, we've got a problem to solve. The Chiss Ascendancy is a nut we need to crack. And this is a multi-stage plan, move, counter move, in order to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I, I, I just I'm sure Jixis will be a, 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 big, a big piece of the, the, the next two books 
in the series. And honestly, you know, I think of all the okay. mysteries, that's probably the least uh, interesting one for me personally. It's just like, okay, you know, sure. Like, Jixtus, okay, I guess we'll see what he's like. And maybe he'll be cool. Maybe he won't be. Who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just excited I, to see where they change it. And, 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 and to see where, you know, how, how, like, we learned so much about the Chiss already. I, I, I'm just very interested to see what else Zahn reveals in the next two books. You know, we, we, I, I think that the, the one missing, um, piece is like the, the last part of Thrawn's name, right? We now know that the, the first portion is the family name, the middle portion, um, is, is, and the, is in the last portion of kind of their, their, their personal names. And if they're in the military, they drop the family name, which is super interesting, or at least that they're high ranking in the military. When the, yeah, they when drop. they reach, uh, I think it was, was uh, Admiral? Car- or Commodore, Commodore, I think yeah. is when they reach, was the point. Um, which I, I, again, one of those details I really appreciated of, you got the nine ruling families and then the military, which is apolitical, theoretically. Theoretically. Uh, yeah. Still looking. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I, uh, I love all of those details. Yeah. Um, kind of working through and seeing that. And I thought we actually found out that the Uodo, uh, I mean, whatever, uh, I think the do, the do, is still like. Uh, I thought, and I may be wrong, that that was uh, uh, part of like achievement as well. When you've achieved something, that's when you oh, you get the uodo. Because I know but that because like they they had like because you know they ended with like Mithra Nuru, and I'm like, okay, well that's great, but where's the where's the odo at where, the end? We're we're almost yeah, there. <laughs> my recollection is they mentioned it. It has to do with achievement. Okay. Yeah. Um, or it's part of like maybe as you rise in the family through the different ranks at some point you be you get it I thought yeah. um, I'm not 100 percent on that but like I love yeah, like, I, I just love all this it's super interesting to me um, and, and, so and as I said the fact that like you know the the whole Aralani uh, you know twist almost where you had this other character and you're like okay who 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 is it uh you know it seems like some other because we they, they didn't go by arlani at first or even uh aziriar arlani right she uh she went by um oh shoot now it's ziara ziara yeah. thank you and so you know you, you think like oh yeah it's her it's her core name ziara and uh and all of a sudden as i started to be particular i'm like wait z-i-a-r-a-z-i and then like Aralani. oh maybe it's arlani and i and i kind of put it together uh, uh, kind of before it was revealed in the book, and I just felt like so like victorious. <laughs> it's a small thing, but it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm resisting really hard, wanting to say like I think I figured that out earlier, Willie. It was but it was a- it was early in the book, to be fair, but um, but it was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it's, things. There's there's I, a lot of things like that in the book. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm the th- so William. You're waiting for the Odo. The thing I'm interested in is. So we know Thrawn ends up on this planet kind of outside of Chiss space where he gets picked up by the Empire. It's implied pretty heavily that that was intentional to some degree, that they... Almost they like really exile, did. right? He, so, yes, he appears to be exiled. But I think I remember a chunk of it kind of implying that it was all to some degree according to plan. Um, that the Chiss wanted him exiled. And the, oh God, I wish, and it, 
The thing well, I'm cur- I'm curious to see is I think this was part of Thrawn's plan, or maybe not just Thrawn's. I'd actually I'm kind of expecting to be part of um, uh, what is it? I want to call him Baktu, the other admiral. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiss. We know there's an kind of unknown enemy. I'm curious to see if this if Jixtus is defeated by the end of this trilogy. I am also very curious to see. Like this is what the the, the first three Thrawn novels deal with, um, in new new Thrawn novels, um, is what is Thrawn's goal? Is he loyal to the Empire or is he loyal to the Chiss? And Thrawn continues to make the point that it's both, and there are threats in the unknown regions that the Empire should be aware of mm-hmm. um, and help the Chiss with. And I I'm really curious to see what lands Thrawn on that mm-hmm. planet in exile, and I. I don't think it's just that he was exiled. I'm assuming there's a, some amount of, uh, I don't know, it's deliberate, if that makes sense. Do you know? I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I don't yeah. know, maybe I'm not making sense. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, was, no, he, was he, you know, quote unquote, exiled for a purpose so that he would get picked up by the Empire and and end up, uh, uh, you know, like, what was his what was well, his ultimate goal? That's but something get... I think we find out in the old Thrawn trilogy and duology mm-hmm. is that that was the purpose is Thrawn right. went to the empire to try and kind of gather. And that's what um, I cannot remember his name, the Eli Vanto equivalent in the old ones. Oh, God, uh, I can't Admiral, it starts with a P I want to say perish and that's maybe not right. Um, but that's, uh, I'm just, ah, uh, there's, I think one of the things I appreciate is, and Tom, I, when we were doing the intro and you're like, ah, the first book of the trilogy, I'm like, Tom, I think this was like the third or fourth book in the series. I don't think it's the first book. Well, this I, is a trilogy, though. In well, this, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I did not read that this was a... I didn't really understand that this was a trilogy. I somehow yeah. missed that. No, no, and no, I appreciate okay. that the book... It works exactly like you would want the first mo- mo- movie in a trilogy to be. Like, Star Wars A New Hope is a standalone film. And mm-hmm. it certainly hints that there's more to it, to the universe. Right. But you don't... You, you see that. Like, it's it feels complete, and I one of the things I appreciate about Thrawn Chaos Rising or Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising is that is very much in force. It feels mm-hmm. like a standalone novel that tells an awesome story and has uh, and leaves hints for things that will go later that I'm excited to see. And William, when are they coming out? Someone please tell me. I want to read them now. <laughs> it's it's coming. It's coming. It it it's coming soon. I mean, I, I totally agree with you when it comes to this book. I think the best thing about it is you can read it as a standalone and it works the way it is. It gives you hints of what's to come. It gives you hints of what came in the past, but it does work as a standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like I'm it. really excited to see where, where Zahn takes this trilogy, where, what kind of other, what secrets we will learn. Cause I, I, I loved this book so much as, as you said, Steven, I, I think this is one of the best one of the best Star Wars books, uh, at least in the new canon and, and, and maybe mm-hmm. of all time, you know, uh, not the best, but it's it's up there. And it, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I I loved yeah. every minute of it. I'm now going to have to go back and reread it other than listening to the audiobook, or yeah. I can just go to the audiobook because yeah. I will tell you guys and I will I will do a book report and I will put it in my book report that I swear this was mentioned in the book. <laughs> about Arlani. And then Tom, that's the part where the teacher's like, Tom, can you can you give me the source for that? What page? And then 
I can muttering and flipping through pages and I, I can do that. <laughs> I have been doing massive research at work and I'm getting very good at it. So <laughs> yes, I will not leave a stone unturned. Yeah. I will find it. I will give you the paragraph and the page. Well, I there, may post it on Facebook. There is no, uh, there's no currently, uh, as far as I can tell, no release date set yet for book two. But you know, if they follow the same uh, cadence, why? Uh, if they follow the same <laughs> Sorry, cadence, uh, please my, me. My hope is that it'll be, you know, uh, it probably will not be that far. They seem to be doing about one a year, so yeah. We will yeah. not we good will enough. See. But in the meantime, shall we? Uh, should we get to our? Our review, oh, our, our rating. Heck yeah, I'm I gonna let so. Stephen. I'm gonna let Stephen go first since he's he the would. one that finished the book last. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, I'll have to say, so okay. I've said most. Uh, I've obviously waxed way more than I probably should have on this novel. Um, I think after I immediately after I finished the book, I think I would have given it a ten. Um. And said it was one of my favorite books of the new canon. It is still, without a doubt, one of my favorite books of the new canon. But I think I'd probably moderate it to a 9.5. Mm-hmm. I really, basically everything in this book I loved. I I think the thing I want to see a little bit more of and a little more nuance around is just Thrawn's development as a character. You see some mistakes and things like that that he makes in the novel. But they tend to be fewer and far between. And I think I'd like to see a little bit more of the honing of his uh his tactical sense um and kind of building it up a little bit more than we've we saw in the novel um a little bit less full formed and more as he learns and goes um oh and the other we didn't talk about this at all i also want to see more uh arlani and thrawn dates as well even (laughs) if they're not officially called dates in the novel but i also (laughs) greatly appreciated watching thrawn attempt to navigate uh that arena as it were <laughs> mm. yes I, there's so many good things we could we could talk for a, a, a very long time uh, don't tell about me. this about no this we book. actually we could because we could. <laughs> it gives me time to still look through the book oh wait hang on William. before i didn't sorry it's oh. been wow we're i didn't do anything with my womp rats oh yeah, my gosh womp rats. it's been a while we're we're out of um, we're, we're out of practice we're uh, horribly out of practice now we talked about how the Unknown Regents is this kind of twisted space. The existence of the Pathfinders Guild is really the only way that so many of these different species are able to navigate space and trade effectively. Um, the Chiss have the Skywalkers. This is their secret weapon that they'll bring to the inevitable conflict. Uh, but Jixtus, Jixtus is a cunning, evil mastermind. And on his side, he has the Womp Rats of 9.5. There are nine and a half of them. And only they can truly navigate the chaos that is the, the chaos. Because I think that's what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. But there you go. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jixis coming in with the Womp Rats. Tom, what would you give this book? I have to give this one a 10. I, I appreciate it. I am... I'm giving it a 10. My 10 Womp Rats, they're just going to get lost in the Unknown Regions. There's really not much more to say about it than what we've already done. I love this book. I love Thrawn. I love Timothy Zahn as an author. And I cannot wait for the second book of this uh, trilogy to come out. Um, and until that time, I will reread this book. I will find what I'm, I'm thinking is there. And I will tell you guys and maybe post it on Facebook. 
uh, I know it's there. I I know I heard it in the audio. <laughs> I know so, I heard it in the audio book. For those of you who want to imagine uh, the next week of Tom's life, I want you to picture <laughs> a whiteboard or a corkboard <laughs> with red lines of string and like pieces of paper <laughs> stapled to the wall. Already, uh, already started. Just, it's already started. Oh, well, William, William, get me out of this. You're up, man. Uh, man. Okay. What can I say that you two have not? Um, this, I really enjoyed, uh, chaos rising. Um, I am very excited to, for, for book two. I, you know, I love Thrawn and this book was a really, really great look at his backstory and, and, and kind of getting to understand more of a, the young Thrawn better and, and, and how he, how he deals with his own people that we've, we've never really seen before. Uh, and I just loved getting the, to, to understand the chiss a bit more and the dynamics. I thought the, you know, the, uh, general Eve and the inner workings of all of the, the, all the politics among the star systems, you know, I thought it was, it, it served its purpose in the story. It wasn't necessarily my, my favorite thing ever, but it was really more about that character study of Thrawn and the other, and the dynamics of the chiss ascendancy that I, I loved the most. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this book. If you haven't read it, well, I, I kind of spoiled a lot of it now, so, uh, probably should have read, <laughs> read it earlier, but, uh, I, I highly recommend reading this book. Uh, it's just a lot of fun and it was, uh, it was just what we needed, I think. So, uh, I'm going to give it nine and a half Womp Rats out of 10. And, you know, before they had Skywalkers, they were led by... Womp rats through space. Ooh, uh, good one. And so my nine and a, nine and a half womp rats are. I, I feel uh, like you're copying me, William. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I, okay, I, I'll I'll be honest. Like maybe I didn't fully listen to uh, what you had said. Um, <laughs> that's that's you know, William. I've definitely okay. been in meetings where I did that. So it's so, okay. You know, it's Steve, it's actually. Um, I, I sorry. I realized that. Um, uh, the Womprats were actually not Skywalkers. Instead, uh, all of the uh, all of the speeders and the vehicles on Scylla are actually just piloted by Womprats because you know mm. it's uh. it's much cheaper than hiring well, people. That makes a lot of sense. Droids. Okay, droids require too much maintenance. So, but but, but I was going to say, William, the Womprats could have been Skywalkers, but what they did is it would be on like the actual front of the Chiss ships in little spacesuits, and they would have to point the direction. They'd have to sit there and go, go that way or go that way or go that way. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is... <laughs> uh, here. So as a secret bonus, something. So Zahn has written another. I, I felt very similar um, to this novel in terms of the ending. Um, Zahn's written another uh, series in a uh, it's called the Honorverse, which is a David Weber has a universe that he's written for. And I was reading book three of what I thought was a trilogy of Zahn's novels that he's writing within this universe. And I had this experience where I'm like, I'm like, wow, I've only got like 20 pages left in this novel. We haven't even like killed the big bad yet. How is he going to wrap this up in like 20 pages? <laughs> uh, and I realized when I got to the end of 20 pages that uh, this was not a trilogy and it was an un undefined number of novels and I had not seen the rest of them yet. And I'm still waiting for more books in that series. And so mm -hmm. I really don't want Timothy Zahn to be keeping me waiting on this one either. Because 
he's done it to me again where I'm like, ah, this is a great self-contained. Oh, there's a teaser. Son. There's more. <laughs> Got it. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to let him get away with just writing this one and not do the I mean, other he's committed two. I mean, to this all is, three. This guys. is through it's, it's Disney publishing. Or no, this isn't Disney publishing. This this is through Del Rey. So I don't think. I mean, I, even with Del Rey, they're they're not going to let him get away. with I it. I would not worry. It's definitely happening. We just yeah, to, yeah. There, we'll there'll just be another Just a little bit, and then we'll 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 get the the next installment. So I am I'm excited. Like it's it's such a it's such a great. I, I love Thrawn, and it's a great it's a great story. It's a great world. And uh, I, I can't wait to see more of it. Yep. So, William, what is what are we reviewing next? Well, you know, um, a, a little a little show is returning. Season two of The Mandalorian starts this Friday. We are just uh, six days away as we're recording this from and as we're posting this from The Mandalorian season two. What will happen? We had our speculation episode a few weeks ago. Uh, talked a little bit about the trailer, what might happen in in, in season two, and you know this is gonna be it's gonna be really great. I am so so excited. So um, stay tuned. That comes up on Friday, uh, October thirtieth, and the first episode will be called Chapter Nine: The Search. So looking forward to this. Like, come on, I, the search. Ooh, like that's. It's been too long, William. After you said the search, I was gonna do like the the Mandalorian theme jingle. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, but I am not as talented, nor do I remember it. So. <laughs> oh, how can you forget the, su- the? Oh, it's so good. I uh, know the music is a- incredible. Like that's, I'm so excited for more of the. More, more Mandalorian music, more Mandalorian story. Like, come on, we can't. Ah, oh, it's all so good. It's all so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very exciting. Uh, but yeah, Mand- Mandalorian coming up in just a few days. So uh, come join us very soon. We'll be talking about uh, all things Mandalorian uh, for uh, quite a bit. So yep. uh, every 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 Saturday, uh, you, we'll we'll be we'll be back with our our review of of that week's episode. So you can rest assured, lots of Ion Cannon content coming to you soon. We also have the holiday special coming up as well. So yay! Uh, Am I allowed to be more excited? That. I'd be more excited for the holiday special than the Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, I Whoa. do love the Lego Star Wars, so I'll allow it. I'll allow it. If if Mandalorian wasn't coming up, I would be very excited to see the holiday special. I would just want to see how they're going to have fun with the holiday special. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I want to see. I just yeah. I know they're going to. But yeah. until next time. Yep. Until next time, folks. Yep. Well, uh, we'll see you next week with our review of The Mandalorian. Have a great uh, have a great week, you guys. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. 
Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.